I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Madeline Gray. Madeline Gray, who uses she, her pronouns, crafts authentic, intimate portraits for of-age humans, both together and solo. She is behind the camera at Seymour Lily, a brand focused on sex-positive and body-positive intimate portraiture and boudoir. Hello, friend. Hello! (laughs) So full disclosure, Madeline and I have recorded before, um, but my computer hated me and deleted the recording, so we are back at it again. having this beautiful conversation and I'm so excited to have it. It was just such a good one that I was like, we have to re-record and I'm happy you agreed. So here we are. I'm I'm super excited as well. So but I just want everyone to know like it was great the first time. I'm sure it's gonna be just as great this time. Even um, better. Even <laughs> better. I'm trying to think. So you and I first met at Les Prom when I did my uh lip sync battle to uh bodek yellow which is still one of my prime moments in my whole life which is also still one of that my favorite songs thank <laughs> you i'm still very proud i still f- have that photo it's still one of my favorite things so that's when we first met and then you were just so generous to donate to out youth events as far as like doing portraits uh things like that for our raffles and so that's kind of how like we've known each other the last like two years yeah, because 2018 was the first one I went to. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. It's been yeah. that long. I know. My <laughs> time. What a time means nothing and also everything right now, especially in quarantine. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you. How did you first get into photography? How long have you been in Austin? Give us all the, all the deets. So I'm pretty sure my mom has photos of me with a camera at like four years old where I'm just like running around taking blurry pictures of like my grandparents' knees. So I've been doing it forever, for as long as I can remember. Um, I shot my first wedding in 2007, 2008. So I've been doing it professionally for money for like 12, 11 or 12 years. As, as weddings, weddings specifically. And then I've been doing boudoir for about three years. We'll get into that a little later about how, <laughs> how, how I came into that. But that's uh, who I am. I basically just take pictures of humans. And I really, my defining thing is that I want to create like authentic, honest photography that captures like not only like what was happening as like a documentation of the day, but also how the moment felt. Like if you can look at one of my images and go, oh wow, like there's joy there. Like there's love there. Um, there's self-acceptance there. Like that's the biggest compliment. So yeah, that's that's who I am and what I do. Um, I've hail from Flint, Michigan, um, and I've been in Austin six and a half years. I celebrate my Austinversary every year, and so it's been six and a half years. <laughs> I just had my fourth, so I totally support you. <laughs> so I want to jump right on in. I know we were t- last time we spoke, we talked about how photography and getting your your photo taken can not only you know, capture moments and memories, but also being in front of the camera and how that helps build your confidence. And then as someone who takes these photos, you know, building relationships with these people as they start to move through, you know, their awkward feeling into into body acceptance um, and how that whole movement has really shifted. With me living here the last couple of years, 
maybe since like 2017, a friend of mine and I just like go hang out every couple of months and just have like a random photo shoot. Sometimes we'll like think through it. Other times I'm just like, I'm bored today. Do you want to just like go play around? Um, so we usually just shoot. I We talk about like talk outfits and location and then like she takes photos and I just kind of do my best modeling and <laughs> we just hang out. And, you know, for me, it has been such a journey into body acceptance for for that exact reason of you know being able to catalog how I have changed physically how I have changed emotionally and thinking back to when those photos were taking like the first time we did the first photo shoot we did we did in her pool and it was weird for me because it was like the first time I had ever worn like a two-piece bathing suit it's like a public pool and it was just like the pool in her complex and we just like putzed around her boyfriend also does photography as a hobby so like he was there and so it was just like we had to like put on Beyonce and I just had to like (laughs) focus and do it because I was just I felt so uncomfortable I'm like I was 27 at the time I just felt so uncomfortable in my body and you know now I'm just like fast forward to this year she did um my 30th birthday shoot and it's literally me naked holding (laughs) flowers in front of me and just like "Eh, here I am it's like thinking that was like a really big like roundabout moment for us this year of these last three years of how far we've come. So I commend photographers and, you know, the safe space you create for, for the people who, who are trusting you um, and inviting you into their, their personal space. Yeah, that is, I mean, you touched on exactly the reason why I want everyone to do boudoir, to do intimate portraiture. Um, and because I've been, I've been on the other side of the camera too, because I want to know what my clients go through and all the anxiety and nervousness and stuff. And it totally, um, I did two shoots before I really started getting into like boudoir photography, because I was like two different photographers, two different shoots. And I wanted to just see how it went. And I, I purposely, the first one, I picked someone who didn't have any experience doing it and then the second one I picked someone who was like a fairly established boudoir photographer because I was worried about being able to create that kind of safe space that you're talking about and I wanted to know what the pitfalls were Um, and I did them really close together so I did them like within eight weeks of each other and the first one the inexperienced one I got those pictures back and I was not happy with myself (laughs) and not not that I was unhappy with the photographer, like they were fine and she did her best <laughs> to make me feel comfortable. But the whole, I remember that the process was really not fun for me and like like holding your body in weird ways that you don't know if you're doing it right. Like she was pretty quiet and, and just not a lot of feedback and I got the pictures back and I'm like kind of half glaring in all of them like there's no smiles like she's like oh make a sexy face I'm like yeah um (laughs) you know and so then I did the second shoot and night and day difference and I had to assume because both photographers are wonderful human beings that that the really the just the biggest difference is just having the experience and being able to create that safe space and that's not just about like how well you can take a photo or how well you can pose someone. It really is about approaching it without a sense of judgment from the photographer side so that your client feels that lack of judgment. And that's why I work so hard to make a not only body positive, which has been a movement that's been around for quite a few years now, but also really sex positive too. I know last time we talked about like the journey from like, well, the journey of, you know, the first time you take a photo to like it becoming like a celebration, the the trajectory we take from that awkward first photo, like um, photo shoot to the next. And, you know, for me, it was super interesting when I took my semi nude yet covered birthday photos, my grandmother calling me and being like, you know, these photos are beautiful, but I don't understand why you needed to show the whole world what you look like naked. I took that from her being like, oh, like she was taught her whole life to like not celebrate your body or like for your body Mm. not to be the only thing that was celebrated. But then also as we're currently talking about the Black Lives Matter movement going on right now um, and how for a long time like Black women, our bodies were just seen as like objects to want and desire and and to take. So like for me, it was 
the reason why I wanted to do that shoot was like me taking back my body, me being like, I can celebrate my my body of not just, you know, being the vessel that holds my soul, but also like the beauty in it and just me accepting it. I think we are taught by society for for a long time. If, we're, if we don't weigh a certain weight or if we are this size, we aren't considered beautiful. And that's why I have like really found joy in the body positivity movement and how it is not just like female and female identifying people or more femme people, but also like a lot of men and males and, you know, all these other genders who have been able to have full body acceptance through this because not everybody's going to look the same. And, but you know, you said it last time, like all bodies are good bodies. Well, you said all butts are good butts, which is still something that makes me laugh. Um, Both are true. (laughs) And, you know, just really learning to own yourself by seeing it more. And and that's what really caught me last time is like, you, (laughs) you don't see your butt unless you have a picture of it, right? Like it's this thing, like, you know, it's there, you don't know how it looks. But for me, I've been thinking about that of like, we don't, appreciate our beauty until someone else tells us how beautiful it is but what if we came from a place of being like no I am beautiful I am worthy of all the things outside of my beauty but it's also okay for me to celebrate that beauty too so yeah and there's a lot of identities that we put on ourselves I'll explain that a little bit more what I mean in a moment but like there's a lot of identities that we put on ourselves that don't necessarily allow for a celebration of sexiness and for beauty like for example I think last time I talked about how like I grew up and I was like okay like I'm not the prettiest girl in the room objectively on my opinion and so I'll instead be the smart girl or you know some people are the funny girl or whatever or like some people go well I'm a mom so it's not appropriate like Mm. or I'm or even like I'm a Christian and it's not appropriate not that you have to, sh- like, the photos can just be for you. Like, just right. frankly, like, the end product is great, but the expression or, like, the during, the journey um, is really where I think you can find a lot of healing. I know we talked about, like, people contain multitudes, which is something that I have been reminding myself of a lot in the last couple of years. The journey into boudoir photography and intimate portraiture is really very concurrent with my own exploration of my own sexuality and like what it means to be sexual and to be a woman and to be a businesswoman and to, you know, do all these things. Like, can I do all of this at once? Like, will, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur, like, will someone take me seriously if they see my photos online? Will I be taken professionally? I mean, it works out for me because like, I put up sexy photos. I'm a boudoir photographer. Everyone goes like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But um, this is, it's been something that I've really struggled with. And so it's been really cool to see like my clients. And I've definitely had people who have been like, well, you know, like I'm a mom. So, you know, just do your best. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. Like what, is, what are the assumptions inherent in this statement that you're making about yourself? That moms can't be sexy or that moms, what? Like what's yeah. the, cause it's not true. Whatever it is, isn't, isn't true. And so I just, I just get really, really jazzed about people seeing themselves in a new light because it doesn't have to be the only light either. That's, that's the other big concern, right? Is that mm-hmm. if, if I'm sexy, if I'm sex positive, if I love myself and love my body and show it off, then like, is that all I am? Right. Right. Am I, saw I just, a quote that recently said like, being sexy doesn't mean I want to have sex. Like I can just want to take, like you're saying, I can just want to take these photos and have this feeling about myself and I can decide if I show them or not, but it is about the the expression and the moment that I'm at, that you're having with yourself. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, sex is frequently a connection between two people, um, but I think it's also like frequently a connection with yourself, right? It's a pretty base, primal, animalistic instinct that we all have because we are all human animals and it's very worth celebrating in my opinion and I say that as someone who struggles to celebrate it yeah but yeah I don't know that's kind (laughs) of yeah I'm I mirror everything you're saying for a long time you know my body I didn't appreciate my body because it was you know a certain size or I weighed a certain weight and so I felt, felt that same way of like I can't celebrate my body so like I had to make up for not being quote-unquote thin by being funny or being really smart or being a good friend like 
I had to like do all these other things to feel like I was worthy of love and appreciation and support, which is just not true. You don't need to look a certain way to get those things. But, you know, having struggled with body image issues for a long time, that's how I sort of coped with that. But as I've gotten older, I have learned that it is okay to appreciate your, your the way you look and what your body can do and can't do. Um, but I think too, you and I talked about last time, like you grew up fairly religious. And so that was a thing too, of like not showing your body, not celebrating your body, mm-hmm. not talking about it. Uh, and then I think about it on the other side too, of like growing up religious and, you know, being taught abstinence and, you know, all these things. And then I was listening to a podcast of like, you know, we as women are taught to like not talk about sex, not think about sex, not be sexy. But the minute we get married, we're expected to like push out a kid. And it's like, how do you want that connection to work? Like you tell us for 20, 30 years not to have sex. The minute we get married, now we're supposed to have sex all the time in order to have a baby because that's what society tells us. So I also think of the ways that we are damaging young people through, you know, through the terms of body acceptance and, you know, in turn, you know, not appreciating your body and talking about sex and, you know, all the the positivity around being sex positive and not, not pushing sex upon young people, but just like having the conversation with them of like teaching our kids, like it is not okay if someone touches you here, it is not okay, like you're allowed to say no to things. And so I think a lot of people need to talk about that as we talk about like sex positivity and consent mm-hmm. and, and body positivity and, you know, with you taking photos of, of kink culture as well, like those conversation of kink and BDSM are often seen as like dirty and derogatory and it's just another form of expression. Yeah. I mean, especially in regards to kink and other imagery is the problem seems to be that there is a lack of, well, there's a lot of problems, but <laughs> the one that I can address is that there's a lack of imagery um, because I have somewhat involved in the kink scene in Austin. Um, you know, I've been to munches and to play parties and stuff, and the relationships that I see there are loving and generous and like very connective and people are smiling and laughing and having like an amazing time that's why people go but that is not what you see when you look at images it tends to be very performative very like brutal is kind of a rough Mm -hmm. word but Mm -hmm. a little bit just like with an air of almost disdain especially if there's a power dynamic the imagery also tends to not highlight the connection it tends to highlight the power play and so the power play is really fun to photograph but only in the context of a connection and so that is what I kind of got into doing the kink in boudoir or just specifically the kink photos and doing those sessions because I was so frustrated (laughs) that when I would like look at porn or look at tumblr or like whatever um I was like oh like this isn't what I want like this isn't what I'm looking for like no one's showing the kinds of relationships that I know are out there and are true so it's just like yeah doing a job that I (laughs) not and not also not that um I'm like showcasing these images either because I have a really big concern for my clients' privacy. Mm -hmm. Um, No one sees your images unless you want them to. Um, But I was thinking a lot about how like people in the kink scene like wouldn't see themselves in the, you know, representation is so important in every aspect. Right. (laughs) But you just like don't see yourselves and that sort of thing. And so it just becomes very weird. Um, when there's like all this imagery and media and stuff and there's like really in all these thousands of images there's like not one or two where like Mm -hmm. I see someone who looks like me who's having a good time with like the kind of stuff me and my partner do right so yeah it's the societal pressure of like what is desirable a lot of the time is like society wants us to think of beauty as this one thing and you and I've talked about this like me growing up you know yes there was I, I saw like women of color and those in like that, that sort of representation, but like as far as beauty went and, and it was still very white, very thin. Um, and you know, that was seen as the most desirable. And so a lot of people still now say like, well, if I don't fit those, those criteria, then I'm not beautiful. 
since I think of that too, is like as people start to branch out and more photography is, is offered and we start seeing, you know, plus size and body positive models and not just like women, but all, you know, men and all genders and, and making beauty inclusive and not just being this one facet of what society has taught us for a long time. And, you know, like you're saying, opening conversations into what people get to see and what is, what actual people are looking at, like you saying you weren't seeing things that, you know, were, what you want to represented. It's not just you, which is why there are so many different like, people in the world, because they, we all don't want that one <laughs> scope of, of thing that we're being fed. So, yeah, I, I think about that often, too, as, as I'm considering dating again and <laughs> talking to a friend the other day about like being on dating apps and, you know, all those things of, you know, I never, like I was saying before, I never put a lot of onus on how I looked. And so like when I am on the apps, I have like a, not detailed, but like I have a profile and like a bio and what have you. And I have different photos and they're not all like the best photos. Like, I feel like that's the thing too, of like photography can show such vulnerability. Like you can show on days when you aren't wearing makeup or your hair isn't done or, you know, uh, versus the days where you're like going to like a full, like black tie gala. <laughs> like there are so many <laughs> things to take photos of. And, you know, as I continue to be on this health journey, talking to a lot of friends of who wait, who like weigh themselves every day, which is so damaging to your mental health. And with me and on my journey, I've learned that like, I just cannot have a scale in my house because I will look at it every day and it is damaging to me. So I take photos of myself like once a week, like in the same outfit. Mm-hmm. And that's how I track how my body changes. And for me, it's just something realistic. Like it is slow it is something I can I can vis- visually see um, that isn't me being like, well, if I don't we- reach this X weight, then I haven't done anything. And, you know, I, I need to stop like eating all this stuff. And it's like, that's not what this journey is about. This isn't what like finding beauty is about. It is just, you know, photography taught me a lot of acceptance and validation. And, you know, that came from inside and me appreciating the photos I took versus the amount of people who who gave me validation after seeing these photos. That is a really good point. It does have to come, like we've been talking about like a lot of bigger trends, but like on an individual level, like having the, the, confidence or really not even confidence because that can come later but the courage to go forward with the photo shoot like despite being afraid despite feeling like you need to lose five pounds like despite feeling like I don't know like oh like I don't like my hair or I don't whatever I don't think my butt's cute like whatever um going through with it despite that is I think a really like it's a very personal choice but it's a very courageous choice and I don't treat that lightly like anyone who comes in like I know it's scary like you know you have this big piece of like equipment in your face and I you know you're the only one that's naked right like and I'm like standing over (laughs) and like doing this whole thing and there's lights and there's a set and like you're doing all these really uncomfortable poses um, feels weird looks good is like my motto mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes I to love that. Um, but like it is scary it's a weird foreign environment but the cool thing about it is that if you go into it and you come through it then you like emerge a different person and having that environment we touched on a little bit it's like a very non-judgmental environment like it's very objective it's like okay <laughs> you know like we all know you look good like, you're going to get tons of encouragement here. Like, there's not going to be any judgment here. I don't know. I'm pretty big on, like, there's a no self-hate talk, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. rule, right? So it is courageous, but it is, like, you are entering a safe space. Yeah. Ugh, I love that. Feels weird, looks good is literally <laughs> the, <laughs> the embodiment of taking photos because literally I feel all the time. Yeah, I mean, so how did you get into boudoir photos? Because I feel like that's an important thing to discuss because how do you go mm. from taking wedding photos to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah, these these more intimate photos? That's a pretty, it's actually a surprisingly natural transition oh. in that like a lot of brides want bridal boudoir photos like to give to their person to be and I'm I would I would love to do like groom 
boudoir photos that'd be like really really good like can you imagine like the suit and like i don't know but i mean i'm into it right i'm like actually like who can i pitch this to but so i had some people ask me about them and i was like yeah sure like you know why not like i'll i'll do this i'll try it um and i did a couple and they went okay and i enjoyed it but it wasn't really until like about three years ago where I made a really conscious effort to be more in touch with my own sexuality and my own sense of sensuality, I guess. Where I was like, you know what? Like I'm struggling so hard. Let me do some photos of myself (laughs) because I'm a visual person. I am a photographer. Let me explore this. I've like previously explored like depression and anxiety through photos. And I like found that to be a really good way, like really good therapy for me, um, like you've been saying. So I was like, okay, I'll take some photos of myself. Um, And I did. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like I look pretty good in these photos. Like I would be like, I would hit that, you know, like (laughs) I'm into this. I'm sure someone else is. Yeah. Right. And it was like, so see, and it was literally maybe the first time that I've looked at a picture of myself and been like, wow, like I look good, you know? And I was like, this feels powerful. Like I feel powerful, like a goddess. Like I was like, and I've never felt like that before. And it was like, oh, like if this is a problem for me, this is a problem for like lots of people, Yeah. right? And so I was like, well, what, how can I help people? It's not a one and done, right? Like it's a journey. Like (laughs) um, how can I help people along on their journey? Like, how can I do that? And how can I do it in a way that is like true to who I am as a photographer? And how can I do it in a way that not necessarily that it hasn't been done before, but in a way that is like more authentic? Because at the time, boudoir photography now is really, really different than it was five years ago. So five years ago, the prevailing trends were like really like Victoria's Secret. That's like, the first one that came to my mind. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and it was like, so when I say I'm a sex positive photographer, like I will take sexy photos, but I feel like there's a really big difference between being sexy and being sexual. And I've, I use them fairly interchangeably. But Victoria's Secret, like that style where it's like very performative and very male gazy and very like, I'm here for you to look good for you. Just sucks. Like it sucks. It's not about the woman, right? Or, or the dude in the photo. Like it's, it's about the person you're giving the photo to, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. it's about the viewer. And that was not, what I was about because I was very much about like let's take these photos for you like if the viewer enjoys them great like that is a bonus that is icing on the cake but what the primary purpose is is like how do we take photos that are authentic that make people feel like more themselves rather than a dolled up other version of yourself like that's a step removed from who you are and I want to go a step towards who you are does that I don't know if that's a so how do I do that and now the state of the boudoir industry is much more that way and part of the reason is because we have a lot more female boudoir photographers the other part (laughs) of the reason is purely just that it's become more accepted and so there's a wider variety of styles there's a wider variety of photographers and a wider variety of images but and it, it definitely used to be something where like you do this before a wedding you do it for an anniversary you do it for valentine's day and now people are starting to realize like i could just do this like it could I be a random this. tuesday <laughs> yeah. like i love that you did it for your birthday like what better way to celebrate aging you made it another year on this earth how yeah, cool another decade awesome. i'm moving into a new yeah. decade and new decade yeah, and and I I look at those photos and I mean those were taken in early March and you know between then and now like quarantine has happened and I've been you know I'm now self isolating again I just went to the March this weekend and now I'm like back home <laughs> isolating mm-hmm. um, but just like even just walking during the March that day and like you know putting on an outfit and seeing like how much differently my clothes fit me like even just like that trajectory of it of like you know, to those, those photographs at those, at that time really showed like, okay, at this time I had just turned 30, 
like what was on what was in my mind that day how was I feeling that day and you know I look back at those photos now because you know as we as you know I continue on my activist journey just thinking of like celebrating all of me but taking that moment to be like you can be both strong and feminine you can be both sexy and still feel like you are exhausted because <laughs> literally I fell all the time and you've talked about this before too like how much photography in the journey and watching and seeing how you change in photography is like so beneficial to you know dealing with your know, mental health stuff like anxiety and depression and you know being able to take like, on this day I was super happy or I remember this day I was super sad and I took those photos and just, you know, I think it's another beautiful way to encompass like how much you've overcome and, you know, faced and, and dealt with and continuing to, to grow as a person and change. And, you know, I think about it like a friend of mine just had a baby and <laughs> she just posted like her maternity photos, like her pregnancy photos. And then like the next week I had my baby. And so like just how quickly <laughs> life can change of like my baby was in my body and now she's like a full human <laughs> out here on the outside in the world. And yeah, just like how how beneficial it is to be able to look back at memories and you know be able to share those with with people (laughs) (laughs) I think photography as a as just even a documentation tool we talked about this a little bit but I really like taking photos is a superpower and I'm not saying that in like oh I'm a superhero I'm saying that we all have a camera (laughs) on our phones and we Mm -hmm. should all be taking more photos because the amount of information that a photo can help you remember is crazy and the amount of information that a photo can make you forget is really crazy that every time you take a photo you're making a choice of what to include in the photo and what to leave out of the photo right you have this whole field of view which parts are you focusing in on and sometimes the choice is really obvious right like if you are in front of you know the paramount theater and you're taking a picture of you and your friends you're going to include the theater and like whatever but you're probably not going to include like the whole of congress street like you're not gonna you're not gonna include like random strangers you'll forget that those strangers were there and you'll forget that there was a busker across the way because he's not in the photo which makes sense right the thing you're trying to remember is that you went to the theater with your friends right but i think you can be so that's kind of like a passive passive thing to do but I think you can be intentional with it which is really really cool like you're saying like you took these pictures on like for your birthday and you're like this is what it is you went through the mental process you're going okay this is what I'm capturing like that I can be 30 and strong and feminine and sexy and you know all of that and it was really really intentional but the cool thing the cool thing is that you can be intentional about what you leave out as well kind of like editing a journal right and that just I don't know and then when you review the photos like the things that you chose to capture get reinforced or reinforced and then the rest kind of like fades and you review it again and like over time you remember only like what you chose to capture what you chose to do with intention and I really love that because I don't think everything has to be remembered there's a lot of like I've had definitely long depressive episodes where I'm just in bed all week and maybe I'm not and frequently I am not taking photos during during those times and it is not something that I necessarily want to dwell on I know it happened (laughs) you know like I don't need photos of this like and I am thankful that the things that I did in the week before and the week after are the things that I'm going to remember um like that my brain space will be taken up with all these like great memories instead I don't know it's really cool I think we should all explore more (laughs) I love the examples of the things you love you told me last time your husband taking a photo of like every meal y'all ate for a year and like y'all having those conversations (laughs) of just like literally every single meal and just like remembering you know forgetting that you ate that and seeing that photo like oh that was so good like how much of like like you're saying photos hold so much memory but like us as people like forget things I always tell people like my brain's like a computer hard drive like after 30 days it's like wiped <laughs> like it's just <laughs> things I refuse to keep in my brain anymore um so like like you're saying having the pictures to be able to go back and relive those those moments those snapshots in time um and looking and sharing memories again with with people I mean I think about also like when you end relationships and you start like or stop talking to certain friends and like 
you start looking around your apartment and like, oh, that photo needs to go and that photo needs to go. Mm-hmm. Or like you have people who you want to take pictures with because they mean so much to you, like holding on to yeah. those memories too and just, you know, being able to like once your brain does start to like delete things, you still have like physical copies of it. And I told you, I'm the worst millennial ever. I still print photos and hang them up. Like I have a whole gallery wall in my apartment. But during quarantine, it's been super helpful because you know, all I have is, is photos and FaceTime. Like we're not hanging out with people right now. So I, I've, I've loved the fact that I am a bad millennial in print photos, especially. (laughs) I I feel like that makes you a good millennial. Thank you. Like why not? Because I was like, it's on your phone. I'm like, yeah, but you have to keep deleting the the photos off your phone. So you have storage, (laughs) like, you know, freeing up. You got to print those babies. (laughs) Right. Like freeing up space and you know, being able to have those reminders and look at your people and, you know, especially with me trying to move this year of, yes, I have a lot of stuff to pack (laughs) and I'm not looking forward (laughs) to that, but, you know, being able to, you know, take these photos off the wall here and then potentially put them up in a new, a new place in a new setting and be able to take a little bit of, you know, my Austin life with me as I move forward is like something I'm really looking forward to. That also brings up a good point. We do, we do a good job of taking photos with friends and with family and with our significant other and remembering the relationships with them and remembering the moments we had with them and I would really love to do a series of portraits that are just like what is my relationship with myself Mm. this is like the most important relationship that I can have is Madeline and Madeline like (laughs) (laughs) just you know my relationship with with myself like I want to remember that too and so, like, yeah, photographs are just as good for doing that as they are for taking pictures, you know. I, sign up, I want to sign up for this this photo series. They <laughs> 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 just like photos of you. And yeah, I mean, I was looking at photos the other day. Uh, my friend Diane is the one who usually shoots, who we shoot photography with. And we, I remember back to, I call it <laughs> second summer. It's when you like hit October, like it's going to cool down again. They have like a random 90 degree day. We decided that day to go out and shoot again. And I was like in full fall gear. So like I had on combat boots, (laughs) jeans, a black t-shirt and like a flannel shirt. And I was like, we'll see. And then it was so hot, but we literally just like made it like this grunge photo shoot, but outside at Mueller. And it was just like this very like fun thing to do of like the delicateness of nature and then like this really like grungy energy of like 90s grunge. And (laughs) I still look at those photos and remember how unbelievably hot it was that day but also like we literally just like up by the seat of our pants like let's just try something out we're already here it's like it's me like like climbing in trees and smelling flowers and like it's just like (laughs) me standing in a field of of like of grass and it's just it was just such a fun thing to do and for me it's just been the freedom of being able to physically like be in my body but also feel like so free and let go and I don't think we get to have that a lot and as we think about like therapy and what therapy means and being on mental health journeys of like, I feel like we are in these bodies and so constricted to being in them. But I feel with photography and quote unquote modeling has allowed me to like both exist in this body and like outside of it and like appreciate it even more like what everything it is capable of, even when, you know, I might not feel like I look my best or I might not you know, have a lot of energy that day, but to be able to go back and, and relive those moments and like look at those those photos and really like fe- feel in my body again how hot it was that day is just such a such a such an experience. Superpower, man, crazy. That's what that's what you mean by superpower. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah time traveling. Yeah. <laughs> time traveling is a much better. That's yeah. what I need to be. That's what I need to say. Is that I'm a time traveler and I bring traveling. people along with me. It might take a few days yeah. for you to realize we're time traveling, but we were. I think also with me is I'm I'm a person who doesn't like edit photos or use filters too often. I do it here and there, but not too often. For example, the shoot we did for my 30th birthday, I told Diana the only thing I wanted her to like play around with was like, switching the colors like keeping it like super saturated and going like to black and white and then I was sitting on a towel on the floor and so I was like if you could just edit out the towel that's fine everything else I was just like here I am here's my body we're gonna just take it and for me that is that was such a moment of like 
oh crap <laughs> like, who, is this, who is this person who's just like here I am this is this is what I look like accept it or don't and I don't care and just thinking about that too of that trajectory of getting from like my first photo to that one and even now just like you're saying growing that relationship with yourself and how much photography has given me that space to do that yeah that's really really cool I don't know I'm hard-pressed to not edit my work I'm not making anyone not look like themselves but I do want people to look their best I have a rule that like if it was gonna be gone in two weeks then I just edit it out so you got a pimple like it goes but like you know stretch marks and scars and stuff they stay because those are permanent that's just part of who you are and that's fine there's something really powerful I say this as someone who's like trying their best to accept themselves (laughs) and then trying to accept that I'm accepting myself or like <laughs> whatever and then, and then accept that whatever it gets really really mad up really really fast but there's something you become like a really powerful person if you just accept yourself for who you are because then mm-hmm. no one can mess with you nope like it's just it's crazy this yeah. is when I was like oh so you're telling me the way to like avoid all my fears is to just accept myself and love myself for who I am. Oh, like, okay, I'll do that. I was talking to a friend about this last night of like, how once you accept yourself, nothing else like really matters. And I tell her, I'm like, it's my wise old age of 30, having lived a life of (laughs) all the things. We ourselves are are our own worst critic. Like no one's ever going to be more mean to you than you are. And so once you come from a place of total acceptance and niceness to you and loving yourself, everything and like nothing else matters. Like for me, like I am really good on like ending friendships. I'm like walking away from things that don't serve me, leaving jobs that I feel like I'm not going to have a chance to grow in and, you know, removing myself from situations and drama and people and you know talking to her last night, she was going through some things and with like with some friends and I'm like I was like, that sounds really exhausting that, you know, you are putting so much ownership on these people who don't even like care about you. Like if we give, why are we giving so much power to, to the approval of others when we should just be really worrying about the approval of ourselves? And she's like, I don't need your Oprah speech right now. It's like, I know, I'm sorry, but (laughs) that's literally where I come from in my life now is like, I have had a chance to go through such like really tough hard things and I, I can't think of another word besides just like utter sometimes utterly devastating things and you know feeling like I hit rock bottom and I didn't know which way was up and you know coming back and you know I, I love the the visual of like the phoenix from the fire that didn't kill you like it's just you know this resurgence and this energy you get to come back better than you were before and so I think about that too like like you're saying once you set the tone for the relationship that you have with yourself literally nothing else matters nothing can tear you down the the haters the people who don't agree with you your family <laughs> the friends the coworkers, like all these people who who you think should have who, who they think will have a, an effect on how you feel about you. You just learn how to let it roll off your back and, and keep moving. And that's kind of where, you know, that I think I, I owe that a lot to this journey I've taken in photography and pictures. And, you know, once you accept yourself and just being like, that's how that's that's this is me and you like it or you don't. And here we go. Do you feel like that is because this is coming from someone who's like, feel like that journey. I like I feel like that journey is ongoing. And maybe it's just the perfectionist in me. But like, do you feel like it's ongoing? Or are you just like, I'm one and done now? I'm good. Like, because that's what I want you to say. Right. I would love to tell you that, but I'm not going to lie to you. No, I mean, there's still days when I'm, there's still days when I'm hard on myself, but I, I've come from a place of like, okay, I'm having a, a body image issue day. Does, does the way I look take away from who I am as a person, right? Like, why do I put such onus on, on what I look like? And for me, for a long time, it was like my level of desirability and feeling like I wasn't desirable. But now it comes, now I've turned it and be like, if I look a different way, would it change how X, Y, and Z is in my life? If I was 
what thinner would I have a better job if I had Mm -hmm. longer hair would I have a different group of friends by me changing what I look like or tearing down my body what positive thing is it going to bring out and it's just like it's just going to make me feel worse about myself so why do it but I still like still totally have those conversations with myself and Sophia Bush says it you can what is it you can be a masterpiece and also be a work in progress like you are able to be this whole person who loves who you are and still want to be better but I think the underlying thing is like you you wanting to be better has to be for you and not for other people right like mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense I'm yeah that makes total here. sense well yes it makes sense <laughs> I struggle, like, the concept of being a masterpiece and work in progress at the same time is probably the primary concept that I struggle with, like, personally. Yeah. Um, because my black and white brain is like, oh, but how can, how can that be? How, how can, can it coexist? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a paradox. <laughs> um, but that is, that is, if you can figure that out, like, my, it's like one of those things where, like, I understand it mentally and emotionally. I just haven't caught up yet. Yeah, you like, understand it, but the execution is the difficult part. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like looking at instructions and then like not have like still not understanding how you're supposed to have a finished project at the end. I totally <laughs> get that. Yeah, it's a journey, man, and I feel like we should document it. That's my big thing. It's just like let's just like take all the photos of all the things. And all if, the photos of all the things. Yeah. Like you're saying, if you don't want to keep them, get rid of them. But at least you have them, and you can decide. And yeah, yeah. Take, take pictures of the meals, make memories, hold on to memories. And, and I was listening to something a few weeks ago of like how, how we create memories. And if we only focus on one thing, we, don't, we are doing ourselves a disservice. It's, it was a Jay Shetty uh, podcast episode. And it was talking about how when we create memories, we should find, you know, one, one thing that we see, one thing we smell, one thing like, every, like all the five senses, mm-hmm. but like doing a snapshot there. So like if you and I were sitting at a dinner, I could remember you're wearing this black hat with a little hat logo on it. I could, <laughs> I could remember how it felt to be like a little chilly because I'm not in a jacket. I could smell the lemon water that I'm drinking, right? Like we're making a whole roundabout memory. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think about when we have, when we do photos of like, we have a chance to to remember it outside of our own brain. That is a really, remembering outside of your own brain. I really, yes, I really like that. It's actually interesting now that you say that because you're actually seeing someone else's like you're literally like sounds dumb like oh that's so obvious but you're literally seeing someone else's point of view I remember my partner will take pictures of me and then I won't see them because they're on his phone and he doesn't send them out like a good millennial (laughs) so (laughs) and it'll be like a year later and then I'll see a picture of myself that he took and I'll be like what what I don't like I don't remember that (laughs) because like I didn't see myself and so He's like, well, I remember taking it. We were doing X, Y, and Z. And I was like, oh, okay. So just even having like the other person's perspective on how they see you, right? A very because photographers, not all of us, but the best of us are not the are non-judgmental, right? Like how do how does a non-judgmental person see you? Because if you're just judging yourself, you only see yourself through judgmental eyes. Right. So how does a non-judgmental person see you? And this is so like so rare and so cool to get to see, like literally see yourself through someone else's perspective. Take pictures Super special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take pictures of yourself, but also like your friends and family, treat them the same take candid like i'm the worst person to take candid photos of because i always feel a camera on me like i have a sixth sense about cameras like the minute (laughs) i i I can feel it when it's on me and like i'll turn really quickly and ruin all candids but like i have photos of just like like my nephew playing like by himself when he was little and like i still look at it and now he's 10 and i'm like you were three and like (laughs) so sweet and cuddly and loving and didn't talk back or like friends who come for like friends giving events and you take those pictures just like all your people in community and you know you get to hold on to that too so i think of the of the beauty of reliving those memories that way so take all the pictures print them put them on the cloud whatever you have to do to save them and and uh, enjoying them and i think what i've been enjoying most about photography lately is 
again, all the marches that are happening, like going back and looking like at the civil rights movement marches and seeing like how history repeats itself. Or, and then I think about too, like, you know, my mom passed when I was 15 and I favor her a lot. And so walking in, in my uncle being like, you look just like your mother. And I'm like, I don't think so. And like them pulling out photos of her, like, no, like right here. And like, oh, interesting. So like those, those sense of memories of just, you know, being able to remember people, remember things, you know, go back and, and that's why history is so important because we were able to take pictures and write things down. So yeah, tangent about it. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, I like to end every show by asking a question. And that is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? The best, well, I think it ties back to something that we were talking about earlier when you were saying, I can't remember exactly what you said, but we we're talking about self-acceptance, basically that you can, you can kind of just do it whenever, like mm-hmm. whenever, where, wherever you are, like at any point in your life, you can, you can access self-acceptance. But I think if you... The best advice is like this quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald that's something like, it's never, it's never too late to be whoever you want to be, live a life you're proud of, and if you find that you're not, have the strength to start over. And I think that's really important that like, yes, accept, but also if you don't want to accept or you don't like it, like change. There's nothing stopping you. I know that I've gone through many, many changes, many iterations. I think I'm on like Madeline 7.5 or something. (laughs) Um, So the ability to change and the circle of control that you have over your life, um, I think we we underestimate those and feel like like we're kind of stuck sometimes. So like, oh, like, well, I can't, like, I can't be sexy, like, for XYZ random reason, you know, because I'm left-handed or whatever. <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, sure, but like, you can be because you can just change. You can just change whenever you want. Just start over. Live a life that you want to live. Like, live your wildest. Like, people say live your wildest dreams, but I, I don't think they necessarily mean like that in a fata- like a fantastical sense, you know. I think it's more of a like, wow, you like you want to live a life where you're like surrounded by a great community and have like really good friends that are super supportive and you want to, you know, enjoy your work and find it fulfilling and creative and whatever. Like you can do that. Like you can create your own, create your own reality. Thank you for joining us. And that's it for this week's episode of the tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Brie. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Brie podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke who makes our theme music. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.